Welcome back to the Three Under Par Podcast. This is a golf podcast where... Little White Balls Live. I'm your host, Scotty T, and I'm joined by my co-hosts, KJ and T-Bone. How's it going, boys? Good, good. Pretty solid. T-Bone, did you have a good weekend, man? It was good. Uh, I was low-key. Um, I haven't touched a golf club in weeks. Okay. Uh, but chill weekend. I don't. I need to get back on the course, mm-hmm. but I don't know what the forecast is looking like for the next few days. Right now, it looks like golf is not in the near future. It doesn't look good outside. There's no doubt about that. It is storming. You know, usually we say we're in beautiful Houston, Texas, which Houston is beautiful. Don't get us wrong. Uh, and we are coming to you from Houston. But right now, the weather's pretty terrible. The thunderstorm rolled in. I'm glad y'all made it safely. Yeah, barely. <laughs> I mean, Houston is known to be underwater sometimes if it rains more than like an inch. Also, shout out to my dad. But it's also very kind of depressing. My dad turned 60 today. Hey, Loyal, congrats. three under par pod listener, and it's a Monday, and it's just thunderstorms and flooding. <laughs> but happy birthday, happy birthday, Dad! Yeah, yeah, happy birthday to T Bones, father. Good stuff, KJ. You want to say anything? Want to give a birthday shout out? Yeah, happy birthday, Kyle. Cool name. Um, my weekend was not so low key. Played fifty four holes and drank way too much. I think I drank better than I played golf, but it was fun. I'm sure. Okay, that's good. Yep. Very nice. Very nice. Well. We are going to talk a little golf. We Just were kinda, a little bit. We are kind of doing it on the fly right now, and but we're doing it live, as much as live as we can for a podcast, I guess. But big week, not really big week. I don't know. It was it was a weird week because it's the week after a major, and generally it's supposed to be a slow week. You know, people are supposed to travel, but with the new schedule change that came out this year, it was a WGC that just happened to fall the week after the Open Championship. It turned out to be pretty good, I guess. We're going to talk a lot about that. But before we do, check us out on social media at 3 Under Par Pod. The number 3, not spelled out, the number 3, Under Par Pod, on Twitter and Instagram. And wherever you're listening to this, please subscribe, write us a review, give us a 5-star rating, give us a review on Apple Podcasts, preferably. That would be great. That way we will know we see it. And then also, T-Bone? Tell a friend. Tell a friend. Not that hard. We're getting some good feedback from the listeners out there. Uh, one of my buddies was in town from California. Shout out to Greg. He's a loyal through par pod listener. And he was giving me some really good feedback on that. So, because we're always looking to get better. Always looking to get better. All right. Where do you want to start? I mean, I was able to play a little golf this weekend. Shout out to Wildcat. It's like a cool course because you guys could get to see NRG where the Texans play in the Astrodome, which is a relic of what it used to be. But still a good time. Yeah, there. I think you posted that on the Insta. I did. I did. It's all. I'm not the biggest fan of Wildcat, though. I'll tell you why. Because I played like lakes or highlands. We played highlands. Okay. Because I always feel like I'm gonna get hit. It's one of the few courses in Houston that has a little undulation to it, and the tee boxes are like right next to the greens, at least starting off in the first four or five holes. And man, if you get a little wayward out there, it's a public course, so you're not getting the best golfers out there. It was a beautiful day, so your weekend hacks are out there. It happens, though, I guess. Also, I do have a few amends from last week. I want to start doing this, like things where we messed up on. I said Mark Kalkovecchia played in the Open Championship. He did not. When we were talking about Duvall, he was qualified, but he just didn't play in it. I don't know why. Uh, also, Jack Nicklaus has 73 tour wins. We're, ta- we're talking about that a little bit. I said 63, 73 wins. And when it came to Kyle Stanley and his hitting 
of the players. Remember his player and partner, Robert McIntyre, yep. said, hey, like you need to call four if you're getting a little wayward. It hit Robert McIntyre's caddy's mother off the bounce. Hmm. I thought it was just his mom. Caddy's mom. A little bit different out there. So, yeah, those are some amends. Y'all have any other announcements or whatnot before we kind of dive into some golf? If we go amends two weeks back, I think sure. KJ – uh, it was an apology for picking Joaquin Neiman. I do. <laughs> I do. I tell you what, I don't know. He'll be I, there at some point. Uh, I thought he was. I mean, he, like three out of his last four tournaments, he finished nothing worse than seventh, and he was like 43 under par. Well, the good thing is that he's 19, and he can compete for the next 25 years. Yeah, that's right. He'll get it right. That's unreal. That's how he's, old I am. He's gonna be a big. He's going to be a big name. You just watch. Talk about young guys coming up. How about Morikawa? Colin Morikawa going out and winning the Barracuda this Ooh, week Barracuda. In, in Reno. Yeah. Look, if you don't know the name Morikawa, I still haven't seen him play. I didn't really watch much of the tournament. But he is off to arguably a better start than Matthew Wolf and Victor Hovland. Definitely Victor Hovland because, I mean, Victor Hovland, he hasn't won in five starts. Like, what's wrong with the guy? <laughs> right? Yeah. <That's> a, <laughs> a lot of expectations yeah. there. You know, Morikawa Matthew Wolf has, has already won. And yeah, Morikawa has a very classic, well, way more classic than your Wolf swing. Or I think anybody uh, else has a more classic swing than Wolf. It's great <laughs> at the top. He, lo- he looks really good. I, it's a swing that I think can last the, the, the test of time. Um, he's he's going to be another one of those guys, young, fiery. He's going to be as good as he wants to be probably in the next 10 years. We'll see him win quite a few times, I would bet. Yeah, go ahead. I was just going to say I have no idea who this guy was. <laughs> I didn't know who he was either. Like, obviously, we had heard of Matthew Wolf and Victor Hovland just because they had really made headlines in the college game. Morikawa had a great college career as well, at least to my understanding. Where'd he go? Stanford. Okay. I'm probably wrong on that. Anybody want to fact check no, me? No, we're going to go with it. Okay. Something we- I do want clarified. Why... Or I should probably know this. Is there is WGC played the same week of the Barracuda because WGC technically isn't a PGA Tour event? No, it is. You have to it's be qualified to get into. Okay. So it's a World Golf Classic. So you have to be. It's more points. It's a higher level um, of play tournament. Your bigger name tournaments. Just like when you have a tournament like the Open Championship, a lot of guys Bob on the Saul. PGA Tour aren't <laughs> qualified for it, but they still have their tour card, so they have another tournament. Same thing with the WGC. So Morikawa went to UC Berkeley. Close enough. It was in. It was on the West Coast. Uh-huh. Got that right. Yeah, you know, the WGCs are kind of weird because it's a smaller player field, generally about 80, give or take. It's like top 50 in the world make it, and then if you've won a PGA Tour tournament, like Matthew Wolf was playing this year, uh, was playing down in Memphis because they or because he won already, and... It, I, th- I think the idea of it is to bring more players from around the world to come in because there are a lot of guys in the top 50 in the world who play on the European Tour right, and not on the PGA Tour. So they'll come over and play because they're exempt into that while everybody else is out there grinding. So that's why they have two tournaments generally on those kind of weeks or even like the Open Championship. They were playing, what was that, the Barbersall? Right. Uh, yeah, up in Kentucky. So there's always golf <laughs> that's on, it seems like. But... Yeah, I mean, Brooks Kepka and Rory McIlroy. Though that was the headline going in. I don't know about y'all, but it was weird having a WGC the week after the tournament. I was kind of fatigued. 
It's hard like, to get pumped about it. Yeah. And that's normally a tournament on, on schedule that is pretty hyped up. And this was one where it fell victim to the schedule change, in my opinion, no doubt. Because in the past, it's been played at Firestone. It's been the Bridgestone Invitational up in Akron. Tiger Woods has won that thing like a billion times. <laughs> Just <laughs> bought. Yeah, I think he's won it literally like seven or eight times or something ridiculous like that. Kind of like Bay Hill, like he just dominates there. And but with the schedule change, I, 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 it was a weird, weird time, especially since they were playing overseas too. Like I think if that tournament would have fell the week after the U.S. Open, maybe we would ha- be more excited about it. But a lot of those guys, I don't know if a lot of the tourist players were excited to play about it anyway, because they were literally in Europe five days earlier. But then Brooks Koepka just comes out and and wins. I guess what did you he say, KJ? Again. It was the first time that they've ever been paired together, Rory and um, Brooks, on a Sunday. And right, that's that's you know, talk about a power grouping. Um, but I didn't get to see much of it. But hearing that, I was kind of wanting to. But then I got in lessons. Apparently, the way that they the announcers were talking about it was like, I didn't look at the leaderboard, and I thought it was going to be just them. Like there was nobody within <laughs> like four strokes. Right. Because that's all they were talking about. Fitzpatrick was only one back from Rory, and he didn't even get a mention. Like they were just all right. These That's two, my boy. these That's two, my boy. these two studs are about to go out, and uh, we'll see who takes it down. Like there was nobody else playing. And Web then I saw Web it. And there were only one back from Webb Simpson was close too, but in the broadcast defense, I mean it's Webb Simpson and Matthew Fitzpatrick. Who really cares? Yeah, you know. That's true. <laughs> Hype up your uh, Rory and Brooks. Yeah, it didn't matter. They could have, they could have done the. Uh, I guess they did do the. Uh, Ches Reeve treatment, where the guy's in contention and you see two shots on the front nine, but oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, like during the U.S. Open, dude, he got <laughs> shafted off that. I still feel bad for Ches Reeve. To his credit, he still went out and won the next week. But yeah, dude, I, I'm with you. Like if it, if your best stars are in the final group, you're gonna drive that home as much as you can. And it was kind of a dud, to be honest. Leading up to the tournament, though, all right, we're going to jump to Sunday. Sunday, 30 minutes before Brooks Kepka is set to tee off. He's in the last group with Rory McIlroy, and he is still not at the golf course. Did y'all see this? Love it. It's amazing. Apparently, Colt knows he's been doing some work for CBS now. I think it was about 50 minutes until he teed off, and he texted Brooks Kepka on live TV and said, hey, essentially, like, hey, bro, like, where you at? Like, we got a golf tournament that needs to be played. And Brooks Kepka responded pretty quick and goes, I'm on my way to the course. I'm already loosened up. Apparently, he hit, like, what, three balls, rolled about ten putts, and then went straight to the first tee as soon as he got there. And then he goes out and wins by three, shoots 65, five under. Like, come on. It kind of reminded me of our conversation from last week, how we were saying that we want Brooks to play more or better on a week-to-week basis, right? And that maybe some of his antics that he's doing, it could be for show. Essentially, what's he doing? Like, what's his gig? And it's still, but like, if he goes out and wins, you can't say anything. I have a theory. I think he listened to our last podcast and <laughs> knew we were wanted a little more from him. And he went out there and just he was like, threw "I'm gonna still, I'm still gonna be me. I'm not gonna give a shit. But you know what? I'll win this week. <laughs> <laughs> that's a, that's it. That's it. Right but on the nose. I think it's becoming. If he keeps winning. Outside of majors, too, it's going to be more of a – I don't know. It's just showing who he really is, I think. Yeah. He's just a damn good golfer who doesn't care that much, which I think it's always been, but at least he's caring in 
events outside of majors. Yeah. Well, is he? I don't know. He just played really well. <laughs> he didn't really care. I mean, it is a WGC, so technically more points on the f- or also something about WGC, there's no cut, so every person gets to play all four days. But yeah, it's not a major, but he won. But it's still like an upper tier tournament, I would say. Yeah. It was pretty much locked down after the tenth hole on Sunday. He had like a three or four shot lead maybe and it was just I mean, at There's that point, no he's way. just on, he's on cruise control. Yeah. Rory shot over point. par, didn't he? Didn't even give him a fight. Correct. Yeah, so that's why I mean it was kind of a, a dud. You know, they're hyping up, oh, Rory McIlroy, Brooks Kepka, first time ever, big deal. And I flipped on golf for a little bit on Sunday. And I think it was like hole number two or three. It's a par five. And Kepka made birdie. And then Rory McIlroy missed like a six or seven foot birdie putt, just yanked the crap out of it. And then I turned it off afterwards because I was like, if Rory's missing those kind of putts, it's Brooks's tournament. It's not going to be close. Maybe it's a little bit of golf fatigue, too, as I mentioned, a week after a major. Like I, I was actually watching The Boys, the new Amazon show that came out today. I started watching that instead, which, by the way, that's a really good show. would highly recommend to a friend. Anyway. Anyways, yeah, back to <laughs> golf. <laughs> back um, to golf. I digress. One thing I, I – do always forget about how amazing Brooks is. I feel like we're getting to the point where we're finally talking about him every week. But there He's earned it. Yeah, he has. But there's a shot on, I want to say 15 or 16 maybe. The ball was in the rough, and I could not see the ball. Like, it was deep in the rough. And he pulled out a pitching wedge from 190. <laughs> what? Please tell me he didn't knock that shit on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what? I couldn't Are see the kidding? ball. <laughs> and I, g- I hope it was a flyer lie. Or it had to have been. He has a 26-degree pitching wedge. I don't know. It's <laughs> Holy shit. I mean, that's a downwind. Like, was it some stupid conditions? I, mean, I don't know. And I know he also he had a gap wedge from like 170 on a hole, too. He was stupid. just blistering the ball. And I know at that course they were saying you didn't really have to hit it far off the tee. And I think he was just smoking three woods and would have a wedge in from – I guess 190. I don't know. He's just overpowering golf courses. Yeah. You know, after Tiger Woods came out, a lot of golf courses tried to quote-unquote tiger-proof their course. Augusta National was very famous in that regard. They've lengthened a lot of the holes, almost changing the original design of Augusta to some extent, to tiger-proof, if you will. But then you got the young guys like Kepko out there or even DJ, Rory McIlroy, guys who bombed the ball even further. It's like – what are these golf course architects in these golf courses supposed to do? Like, are they going to make a U.S. Open-type style every single week? Because we saw even at the U.S. Open, what did Woodland end up with, like 12 or 13 under? I think he beat Tiger's record, if I'm not mistaken there. I mean, if you're these golf courses, what is your defense? I don't know. It can't be linked. You can't be That's a very complicated to, question. To, to chase linked. I think you have to make it very penal when you miss a shot on a certain side. Like, yes, you can still miss shots, but if you miss it on this side, you're making bogey. Actually, our friend Chris Stroud, he tweeted something out today that was very interesting, or this week, and it was essentially, like, money earners based off distance. So something ridiculous, like if you hit the ball 330 yards plus, then you make X amount of dollars, and essentially for every yard that you hit the ball less, you're making less and less money. And he tweeted out at the PJ Tour something like, hey, like, hate to see that precision isn't isn't being rewarded anymore, if you will. So, which, I mean, he's got a point, Hey, I guess. Chicks dig the long ball. That's right. 
<laughs> Jake stayed the long ball, which it also did make me think of when Kepka said last week, like, nobody's hitting the ball better than me. He was just putting the worst. And people are like, oh, like, come on, Brooks. Like, Shane Lowry's running away with this. But then he just continues the show, goes to Memphis, and frankly dominated. It's, it's cool to see. Like I said, we're all on the Kepka, we're all on the Kepka train here, I feel like. It's safe cool. To say. Yeah, safe to say. We're we're on board. We're in Camp Kepka. And it's I don't know what else to say about him at this point. Which did make me think of a question and I wanted to pose it to y'all. At this point in the year, we still have the entire playoffs that are set to come next month. Who has had a better year so far? Roy McElroy or Brooks Kepka? Kepka, for sure. Kepka? Why is that? Major. Just purely off majors performance. I mean, because Rory did win the players this year. Yep, not a major. That is a b- great tournament. I agree. That's the fifth fourth major. major. That's it's the fourth major. PGA that's the is the fifth, fifth major. major. <laughs> okay, but you know, I I think Kepka's had a better year. What was his worst finish? Fourth. Yeah, in majors, correct. Like I think that should tell you enough right there. Like he won one and didn't finish worse than fourth. Like, what do you want? Okay. I mean, because there was a stretch Roy, earlier Roy this year where we were saying that Rory McIlroy is playing the best golf on the planet. He didn't finish outside of third for a tournament in, like, four months or yeah. something ridiculous like that. So was, that's why I posed the question. He's, on he's a had a better year. Great role, but he didn't play as consistent as— I mean, the British Open that's where he lost enough. his chance, yeah. too. Yeah, that was pretty tough. <laughs> you can't recover from that one. Missing the cut in Ireland? Yeah, I don't know. Steven, what do you think? Who would you say so far? Yeah, it's – if you said Brooks outside of majors, I mean, it's probably Rory, but who who cares, I guess. But, yeah, fourth place is your worst finish. That's stupid. <laughs> so you can't really, can't really beat that. Yeah, I agree with you. I mean, just based off majors alone, which, like I said, I don't want to forget that Rory won the players. That's definitely a homer pick by me because I'm a big fan of the players, obviously. But Rory McIlroy has had an incredible season so far. I saw like a tweet from Kyle Porter, and I forget exactly what it was, but he's a really good follow on Twitter if you're really into golf. It was something like if you take out Rory's 79 at Rollport Rush, then his scoring average is like 66 over the past couple months. Just something stupid low. Also, I don't think it helps his cause that the one time that him and Kepka go head-to-head, Brooks just roasted him. Yep. Beat him like a drum. So, which I just thought was very interesting. Um, you know, kind of going off that, how would y'all rate the majors so far this year? Or golf to this point? Like I said, we got the playoffs coming up in a few weeks. Next week is the Wyndham, which there's a lot on the line for those trying to vie for those 125 spot. You got some guys who are right on the cut line, like Daniel Berger. He's right there sitting at 126 at the moment. Uh Another guy came to mind, Bo Hostler. He's outside of that 125. Big Bo. Mark at the moment, which he made news when he was, what, like 16 or 18 years old at high school at Olympic Club at the U.S. Open. Had a chance to win. And obviously had a really good career at Texas. But, dude, he hasn't played great this year. So he might lose his card and go back down to the web. So a lot's riding on the line. But how would you rate the season so far, considering the schedule changes and the guys who have won all the tournaments? Rated in terms of what? On a scale of 1 to 10. I don't think it's been as good in the past, minus, you know, Tiger winning Augusta. That was that was enough for the whole year to bring it back. But the mm-hmm. schedule change kind of really did throw us off, or at least threw me off. Not getting hyped for tournaments I'm usually pumped for and sit and watch. 
even small as the Shell Houston Open being changed to October, like that, I like seeing that before the Masters. Mm-hmm. I love seeing that before the Masters. But I'd say I'd say like eight overall. Okay. You know, we didn't have the big names win every major, so it was kind of a little bit, you know, not as exciting when you have Gary Woodland winning your U.S. Open, but. <laughs> Um, Shane, Shane, Lowry. Lowry, Shane Lowry was ex- Shane Lowry made up for him not being like one of the biggest names out there just because of the story behind it. But I think Tiger really saved the saved the year. Him winning the Masters that is just yeah amazing. Which is weird because this is probably like one of the best major venues years at least with Augusta National, Beth Page, Pebble Beach, and the Royal Port Rush was a home run. Right, I would say. So it's interesting you say that. It's just. What what do you say like B plus? Yeah, I'd say like eight out of ten. Okay, okay. T Bone, how about you? So I am pleased with the golf season so far, but I am not a fan of the schedule change. As much as I shit on the PGA Championship, if I knew that was a month away, I would still be in kind of the golf golf mode. But mm-hmm. for me, it's majors are over. I'm honestly a little checked out because that's pretty much into the season. I know the FedEx Cup is great and they're playing for a bunch of money, but it's just not a major. And it feels like it's so far away that I won't really care until we get to like more but, into the playoffs. But the playoffs start in two weeks. You got Wyndham next week, which by the way, that Wyndham Rewards Challenge, I forget exactly what it is, and then the like the Aeon Challenge. Essentially the Wyndham Reward Challenge is the people who finish top ten in the FedEx Cup points, they get like an additional like million dollars or two million dollars, whatever the number is. So essentially, with Brooks Kepka's win, he won. He clinched a spot in the Wyndham Rewards Challenge as in that top ten, and then he won the WGC. He clinched top ten for the season, at least going into the playoffs. Okay, right, right. Like nobody can jump him. Into <laughs> he made like four point three five million dollars in one day. That's outrageous. That is stupid money. It's unbelievable, and it's ironic that it's coming from Wyndham, and next week is the Wyndham Championship, and nine out of the top ten players aren't playing, and they're just taking their money and run. I kind of like it. It's almost like collusion. They're like, ha-ha, we got your money. Anyway, sorry, continue. Where was it? Yeah, I, I don't know. I'm not, a f- I'm not a fan of the schedule change. That one more major, it just feels like it ended too early. We still have so much of the summer left, and... I'm not ready. I'm not ready for a 10. I feel like it's ending, and it kind of already ended with majors in the past. Mm -hmm. I agree with you. The schedule change, a lot of the tournaments got shafted. I feel like, as we mentioned, this WGC, which is, by the way, it's weird. Like When you saw Roy McIlroy walking to the tee, and you see 2014 FedEx FedEx St. Jude Classic WGC winner, it's like, this is the first time it's being played at this tournament because it was the Bridgestone when he won it. And so I, I just think it's weird that they like changed the name of it. It's like, hey, call him the Bridgestone Invitational Champion, not the FedEx St. Jude. Mm. Yeah. Anyway, I just think that's kind of weird. But I agree with you. It's almost too – maybe we need to just take a couple years to adjust to it because it, it feels like we were on a sprint, and now we're just come to an extreme halt and we're just standing in the middle of nowhere, and we don't know where to go. Yeah, they jam those majors in too tightly, I think. And that's that's what happens. I mean, that's the meat of your 
entire schedule and you jam them in that close, you're just like, okay, great. I'm super hyped for this little period of time. And then everything else is just like, eh. Right. You know? And I would norm like this tournament, I would be pretty hyped to watch this, but I was like, British Open hangover. I don't really care. Right. Yeah, I agree with you. Also, too, it's not a Ryder Cup year. We got the freaking President's Cup, but nobody really cares about the President's Cup. <laughs> really. I mean, and also, it's not being played on U.S. soil. It's over in Australia this year. Like, cool, I guess. Anyway, it, it just feels like a... I was so excited for this year. I really was, because, A, we're getting this podcast off the ground. I was really pumped about that. And then we're, like, starting off the year. Tory Pines is great. Waste Management Phoenix Open was awesome. And then we go straight into the Players' Championship. And then, like you said, Tiger just winning the Masters. like That was the peak. Yeah, That was absolutely. amazing. That was it, the peak for maybe the next decade. I mean, it's not going to get bigger than that unless he does it again. Yeah, which I, based off the remainder, remainder of Tiger's year. Right, I yeah. Don't know. Yeah, and then you got Brooks winning the PGA a month later. Like, obviously not as high as the Masters, but then still awesome. Especially in the manner that he won. He was struggling. We actually saw Brooks Kepka struggle, which was kind of cool to see. Still came out <laughs> on top. And then, honestly, after that, I would say after the U.S. Open, it's just kind of been, eh. Eh. Like, eh. It's been fine. It's been good. A lot of people get really excited about the Open Championship. I do as well, just maybe not as excited as other people do. Maybe that's the American bias in me. But, yeah. Also, the British know. Open ends, and now it's... What, 200 like, something like days what? till the Masters? Yeah. Yeah. Wait That's brutal. Till April. That's, I mean, I don't know. Well, some notable names that are outside of that 125 right now, just to name a few. 126 is Austin Cook, and he's a really good player. Uh, if you follow his caddy, Kip Henley, on Twitter, he's the man. Really good follow on Twitter as well. Patton Kazire is sitting outside of that 125 mark right now. Peter Duffner? Uline. Don't say Duffner. Daniel Berger, Andrew Landry, and then Duff Daddy. He is outside of the 125. He's sitting at 136, at least at the time of this recording. Bo Hossar, as I mentioned, sitting at 143. Some other guys that if you follow golf, you would know who they are. But, yeah, I, don't, I mean, there's a lot riding on the line and Wyndham for these guys next week. So if you're going to tune in the golf next week, those are the storylines that you want to see. Those guys said, I would say the guys probably 135 have a legitimate chance of jumping up into that 125 spot. Obviously, a lot depends on how they play and how the people in front of them play. Because as we mentioned, kind of like when in any golf tournament, a lot of people tend to fall back to you. All you got to do is go out and post a number. So that'll be fun to watch. Um, I don't really have much else. One thing I saw at the, yeah, go ahead. at the WGC, apparently... This is a little outside the ribs because this guy literally got thrown outside the ribs. Okay. Ian Poulter hits a shot, and one of the guys in the crowd yells, get in the bunker, and Poulter had his ass thrown out of the tournament. Did he really? Had him clean thrown out. I don't know if he was just being a dick like Poulter's known to be or if he was just in a bad mood because he was hitting the ball like shit, but he threw this guy out of the tournament for yelling, get in the bunker. I've yelled so much worse <laughs> shit. Like, <laughs> I cannot believe that. It just seems, I don't know. That might not have been the only thing that guy did, but I think Poulter's just a dick. Again, I, I have a soft spot for Poulter. I think I'm the only one that kind of likes him. Really? But What's wrong with you? Because he sometimes dresses cool. He had some 
Put Joy's on the seat. Oh, here we go. Gosh, I Unbelievable. <laughs> Get out of here. Purple foot Joy's okay, that were sick. <laughs> and that's I was disgusting. just like, I don't care who this guy is. Those are fucking cool. That's disgusting. He knows he knows how to dress. Even though his clothing business went out of went out of business, but <laughs> uh, respect. T Bone, have you ever bought one of those Mizzen and Main shirts that Phil Mickelson wears? Yes. Really? How are they? Expensive as hell, but they're nice. They're hey, nice. Potential sponsor, maybe. You hey. guys are listening. <laughs> yeah, Mizzen and Main, cut the check. <laughs> um, <laughs> I actually ordered one yesterday. They're really nice. <laughs> no way. Yeah. <laughs> they're having a sale. Oh yeah, they're like sixty bucks or something. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, yeah, got one. Would you ever wear a shirt like that on the golf course? So I think it's cool if Phil does it. Like I think that's like a pretty cool trademark move to be doing. <laughs> okay. If you see me at Jersey Meadows with a button down <laughs> on, I would be the biggest loser of all time. That would be the weakest shit ever. <laughs> because Phil looks cool because he's got like. Nice matching Mizzen and Main clothes. And I'd be like just hacking it up on the golf course in a button down. No, <laughs> I wouldn't. It's wouldn't. a little too dad for me, I think. Yeah. Like, especially like why would you want to wear a long sleeve buttoned up shirt in Houston in the summer? Oh, that's a good. That's point. Like maybe late October. Yeah. Possibly. Man, I'm ready it. for some fall golf. Yeah. I really want to throw on a sweater vest. <laughs> that's, that, that is besides majors. That is the best time of the year is when you can wear a sweater vest. Oh. It's so hot down here. It's brutal. It is so I think that's why I haven't hot. played. And we have a few more months of it just being, well, like, I mean, it's it's about 100 degrees every single day. Yeah. Pretty last, close to Last it. week, we actually had some lower 90s. We had a little cool front come in. It felt so cold out there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, your heat index, I mean, we're getting up in the triple digits almost every day around 2 o'clock um, with the heat index, which is awful. We are in the dog days yep. of summer right now. You got to love the game to play in it. So Which is why I think you're right, because I want to look forward to a next major championship. In the dog days of summer, there's not much going on in sports at the moment. Football's coming up soon, but what, like, am I going to watch baseball every single night? Like, especially on the weekends, I want to watch golf. Or just exciting golf. Like, I'm not, I don't really want to watch the Wyndham next week, I don't think. No. No disrespect it'll to be, the Wyndham, but. No, it, they'll make it interesting with the, you know, like we say, oh, if he makes this putt, he'll be dropping down into the, that makes it more fun when you're, like, don't really know the guy who gives a shit, but when it's knowing that he's going to be on the PGA Tour next year. He gets to keep his card. Yeah, that's for true. the guy. So remind me, when does it end and start again? When does this, this season end, and then when does it start again? Do you have a general idea? After the Tour Championship. Which is when? Which is... Last week of August. Yeah, late August. That's insane. Yeah. Yep. I didn't realize... I know we talked... That's all we talked about when we first started the show. Yep. How soon or quick the season was. It's but crazy. It's wild. And actually, today, the PJ Tour released their 2019 schedule. Do you see that? Next year is going to be an even stranger year. Is I that think. with the head start? When, you, when you're starting the championship, you start at like 10 under or whatever that is? That bullshit that they're talking oh, about? Oh, that's – they're doing that this year. That's starting this year? This what are you year. talking about? So, this is – wait. <laughs> you don't know this? We haven't talked about this since like January. Oh, boy. Okay, so for the Tour Championship this year, you know the top 30 make it to Eastlake yep. in Atlanta. And Eastlake is the final championship. Yep. Winner takes home the FedEx Cup, and that's the year-long points. Correct. Okay. Winner takes home, I think they upped it this year to like $15 million yeah, something or stupid. something absurd. In the past, it's been 10 and they upped it again. And so the top 30 players make it to Eastlake. 
and what they're going to do is that they're going to stagger every single person. So, like, the person who enters number one is going to start off at 10 under, and then the person who's number two is going to be, like, at 8 under, and on and down it goes. So, like, the person who's ranked 30th is going to be even par. And then they're going to say, go from there. So, I haven't hit a single tee shot. I'm ranked number one, and I'm 10 under. Correct. Fuck. To start off the tournament, you're 10 under That par. is so stupid. And let's say I'm ranked 30th. I just squeak in to the Tour Championship. Par. I'm going to be and even par. Zero chance. This is so I mean, stupid. theoretically, you have a chance. But not really. But then that's the way you finish. So, like, if, I'm, if I started even and I shoot two, uh, 10 under and, you know, you're 10, 10 under and you shoot one over, do I only win by one and I win the FedEx Cup? Is that how they do it? So what's the point of it? I didn't follow you there. I'm okay. Sorry. So <laughs> if I beat if I beat the guy in, who's in first, okay, yeah. am I automatically in first since I had to deal with that handicap to start off with? Yes. Or do Wh- I? Whoever ends up with the lowest score at the end of the tournament ends up with the FedEx Cup. Okay. Okay. So you so don't have to overcome the the number battle. I mean, you're thirtieth, so you have to. You just have to overcome the stroke battle. Correct, correct. So that's okay. your starting point. That's so let's say, stupid, let's say you start off at 10. It makes it more simple. Let's say you start off at 10. T-Bone starts off at 5 under. T-Bone goes on just a incredible run for the next four days. Hell yeah, he ends I do. Up never never going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> let's say he ends up at 20 under for the tournament, and you still end up at 17, then like he beat you. But okay. you start so, off with a five So they don't have to the do all the numbers so behind it. They can just say, all right, correct. here's how you finish out of your first third. I guess that makes correct. sense. That makes but sense, but it's bullshit. Yeah, it's so bullshit. That's the point. So what are we going to have? It's like the computer generated is what they've done in the past, which is what we like. You know, if he makes his putt, then he jumps two spots or whatever. And then, but now it's just like, go. So Great. what are we going to have? We're going to have Brooks Kepka at 10 under, and then we're going to have my boy Chuck Hoffman 10 back to start the <laughs> tournament. <laughs> Just having to fucking Tough hill to climb, buddy. <laughs> You're ten back from Brooks. <laughs> That's what's going to happen. Shit. How do you tee it up and have any confidence? You're like, fuck it. I, I'm just going to have Literally fun. starting off the tournament, <laughs> you're ten back. Of Brooks Kepka. <laughs> Good luck. Fuck. Good luck, Chuck. That's going to be interesting. We're, we're going to have to dive that d- into that like, a little deeper at some it's point. It's going to make those guys feel like they need to throw darts as soon as they start the golf course. You know the old, oh, the, yeah. the old saying, you can't win it on Thursday? They're going to try to fucking win it on Thursday and start throwing <laughs> darts and aiming at everything because they're like, shit, I'm 10 back and I haven't even got off the shitter yet. Imagine if yeah. you shoot 62 and you're not in the lead. <laughs> yeah. Shit, you could shoot Let's say 60. 62 and you only make up like two shots. And or Brooks three shots. shoots 64 and you're six back and you shoot 60. <laughs> yeah, okay. That's, this is fun. Thanks, guys. But again, I guess it, it does make sense with the points. Makes because it it's the same thing with the points. It, it's Where a clown it's so show. and so has 64,821 points and so and so has. Yeah, who gives a shit? Like, no one knows what that is. Right. So I guess it makes sense. It's going to make it easier to follow for the viewing experience, I think. But the the whole thing is just a clown show. Yeah. Like, even with the computer scoring, it that's what it was like. And now, especially this, like, this is just, I don't even, I don't even know what to say. It's it's the circus. It's yeah. going to be interesting to see if it works. Because the PGA Tour with the FedEx Cup, I feel like they just haven't nailed down that formula on what to do. Which is why they're mixing it up. See what, you know, throw it at anything against the wall, see what sticks. I, I think, think it's easier for viewers, harder for the players. So, but also it might be easier for the players because they actually see like the numbers. Yeah, because they might not know, know where they're at in terms of the overall FedEx. I think Cup it's a rankings. stupid concept over overall, but I think it'll make it easier to follow and easier for you to you know look at the list and say shit. Here's what I got to do. Yeah. So, my biggest thing about the FedEx Cup that I don't want to happen that I think honestly has only happened one time is when someone wins it who doesn't deserve it. 
because it's way too much money to not give to the best player outright for the year. And the guy who just robbed the PGA Tour was Billy Horschel. <laughs> There's no way in hell. <laughs> That's true. There's That's no 100% way in 100% true. Billy Horschel was at five to ten years ago, maybe like 2010. I think it was 2014. It wasn't that okay. long ago. Anyways, just the most mediocre player. On tour. He got hot, though. Yeah, that's that what week. did it. And also, he didn't get picked for the Ryder Cup that year, so that's why they don't pick the last person until after the FedEx Cup. They call it the Billy Horschel rule. So he got hot at the end, which I guess is still kind of the case. If you do, if you perform really well in those last few playoff events, you're going to win, but it just didn't seem right. Okay, so I pulled up the list of the FedEx Cup winners. The first FedEx Cup was introduced in 2007. Tiger Woods won. Shocker. Shocker. He was still in the Tiger era. VJ won in 08, then Tiger Woods again in 2009, only repeat winner of the FedEx Cup. 2010 was Jim Furyk. That's when he had the backwards hat on. Yep, it was raining. Water it was pouring down, down yeah. raining. Yep. He would have looked like such a dipshit if he missed that putt. Oh, yeah. With his hat on backwards. <laughs> yeah. Anyways. 2011 was Bill Haas. 2012 was Brant Snedeker. 2013, Henrik Stenson, Billy Horschel in 2014, Jordan Spieth in 15, then Roy McIlroy, Justin Thomas, and Justin Rose. Which, Tiger almost won the FedEx Cup last year. I think he finished second overall. But out of all those guys, I would say, yeah, probably Horschel was like, what? And Bill Haas. Bill Haas was the other those person. Those are the two. Yeah. I mean, because Jim Furyk is still, he's won a major. He's still ranked top 50 in the world. I don't yeah. know if we knew that or not, but he's still ranked number 48. The only other person in, is, in, yeah, I feel, I feel like they're all deserving. In Bill Haas's defense, he did have one of the best shots I've ever seen in my entire life That's to win that true. FedEx Cup. That was all time. To uh, jog the listener's memory, Bill Bill Haas was in the water. Oh, yeah. He is was it, in the was water. It a playoff hole, too? Yeah, it was a playoff hole to win $10 million. He chips it out of, like, I don't mud. know, mud, muddy water, mm-hmm. and the thing, like, checked up. It had spin on it. It's, it's like incredible. two or three Which feet. Which means he knifed the shit out of that. Gosh. <laughs> I actually had to hit one out of the water on Sunday, but it was like 130 out. It was no spin. Yeah. Also, Brent Snedeker. Okay. Yeah. He's one of the best putters to ever play the game. Right. He just hasn't done that much. I mean, he's been in contention in the he won the FedEx Cup. Won the FedEx Cup. Yeah, that's true. I mean, obviously no disrespect to him, but... I don't know. The the FedEx Cup is a weird thing. That's going to be changing. As I mentioned, for the next year's schedule, you got the Ryder Cup that's being played, but also the Olympics is back in golf, and that's going to be next year as well. It's going to be a big year. In Japan, so that's kind of throwing a monkey wrench into the schedule. So not many tournaments that were played on the same week this year are being played next year. Your big events will be. Your majors are going to be in the same weeks. But then I saw, like, the 3M Open, which is played right after the U.S. Open. That's going to be, like, right after the PGA this year, next year or something like that. So we'll do a deeper dive on the schedule changes for next year, probably in that dead time, probably after the playoffs. Also, that's when we're going to be doing our just strictly outside the ropes episodes because not much is going to be going on in the world of golf at that point, at least leading up to the President's Cup as I mentioned, that's not really much to get up for, <laughs> I don't think, because we're probably going to win. I hope so. I hope those birds don't come back to bite me. It's uh, the President's Cup. Oh, the President's Cup is like me playing KJ in a dress. <laughs> if, or for that bet leading up to the dress. If I won, it was like, okay, cool, you beat the guy with the broken leg. 
If you lose, you're wearing a dress. <laughs> That's how it is for the U.S. <laughs> in the President's Cup. Yeah. If they lose, you might as well play the next one in a dress because you got embarrassed. Love that. But if you win, it's not That's that much. That's a very good I like analogy. that. That is. That is spot on, T-Bone. I like it. Man, before we close out here, I want to give it – they announced the first three selections of the Walker Cup. If you're not familiar with the Walker Cup, that is the – it's like the Ryder Cup before amateurs, U.S. versus – I think it's just GB and I, though, Great Britain and Ireland. It was Cole Hammer, local boy from Houston, went to Kincaid. Did he finish his freshman year at Texas this year, or is he a sophomore? I think, I think he he's finished a his freshman sophomore. year. Yeah, he's actually ranked number one in the world right now in amateur in the amateur ranking. So he's really good. Want to give a quick shout out to him. And it was Ashke Baktia was also chosen, and then Stuart Hackestad. I thought Ashke turned pro. I thought he did too. He made his pro debut at Valspar. I believe, but he's not. He's gonna turn pro, but I think he's gonna turn pro right after the Walker Cup, especially since he was chosen. He's mm-hmm. the number one ranked junior in the world, supposedly like the next coming of. But there are a lot of people who are always dubbed like the next coming of Tiger Woods or something like that. But he's a lefty, really good player, obviously. But the fact that he was chosen in those top three selections is a really big deal. Uh, I think he's gonna be the youngest player ever on the Walker Cup team because he's seventeen. Yeah. I mean, could you teach them 17-year-olds, right? Can you imagine one of them being chosen for the freaking Walker Cup? That's that's insane. Pretty yeah. impressive. And obviously Cole Hamer, local boy, and then Stuart Hagestad. I don't know why that guy doesn't just turn professional. He's like, what, 28 years old? I think he works like a finance job up in New York. And he's just he's qualified for the last U.S. Opens, made it through sectional qualifying. He played on the Walker Cup team two years ago. And he's played in the Masters. He's won the U.S. Mid-Am. I mean, the guy's a really good player. So I think he's just one of those. He just loves amateur golf. And respect to that because amateur golf isn't what it used to be, obviously. But a lot of guys have played some really good amateur golf. Look at Tiger Woods, Jack Nicklaus. Before their entire careers, they were very accomplished amateur players as well. So I want to give a quick shout-out and some recognition to those guys. Boys, I think that's all I got. Is there anything else that y'all want to? Ad before we close out of here. Good. Uh, how much did Brooks win this weekend? About $4.3 million, I believe. Okay, I was just thinking about money and age. I just want to point out that a 16-year-old won some Fortnite championship and won $3 million. I saw that. That's outrageous. <sighs> you kidding me? Yeah, shout out to D-Buck on that one. That's <laughs> Anyways, it's just, I don't know what to say. I saw something like that is the biggest payout for a champion in the U.S. this year. Like, Gary Willen won, like, $1.9 million. I forgot whoever won the U.S. Open in tennis, about, like, one point eight something like that. This kid, the 16-year-old kid, won a Fortnite championship, had the biggest payout of any, like, American championship this year. <laughs> $3 million. That's insane. Well. Well, we're here just. Well. Little white balls life. Yeah. We're here having a golf podcast. So that's. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Check us out on social media at 300 Par Pod. You know the drill. 300 Par Pod, Twitter and Instagram. Send us some emails or whatnot while we plan those outside the ropes questions. The cocktails might be flowing a little bit. It's going to be a good time. I'm really looking forward to that. I don't know about y'all, but that's. I keep hearing this cocktail episode is coming up and I get excited every time and then I get here and. He's wearing his button-down shirt, and there's no cocktails, and nobody's yelling at anybody yet. Not so yet. Hopefully. 
Hopefully we get there. <laughs> Did we release the one from the archives? <laughs> Never. <laughs> we, I don't know if we're ever gonna be releasing that one. Oh my god, I hardly remember that. <laughs> <laughs> Hence, it will not be released. <laughs> there we go. Also, if we're gonna do that, we can't record on a Monday night. We got Thursday. We got work. Thursday. We can do Thursday. Yep. Well, okay. Peek behind the curtain here. We were gonna do it last Thursday, but then you didn't want to, right, KJ? I was okay with that. I thought you didn't want to. That's why we didn't. I said if we have questions or whatever, we can pull up some, you know, we just didn't have any material. Yeah. That's why you need to email us. Send us some materials. If you want good content, email us. We'll answer your questions. And I promise you, cocktails will be flowing. Whenever whenever we do that episode, drinks will be had. We're going to yell at each other. And we're going to say that you're wrong thinking that Ricky Fowler is never going to win a major or whatever the takes may be. So, also, you have listened to this entire episode, so it is now your legal obligation to write us a review. We're going to send the dogs after you if you do not write us a review, and we'll see you in court. You need to fulfill your legal obligation. Write a review. Give us a five-star rating. Also, tell a friend about the podcast. Just one person. It's way easier. Just tell a friend. Tell a friend, and we're good. Yeah, I agree. All will be forgiven. We're going to get out of here. Thanks, everybody, for listening. And remember, Little White Ball's life.